Welcome to the Psychedelicate Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Joseph. The conversation I am about to share with you can be described in no other way than an emergent experience. Have you ever heard of emergence? It's this pretty cool phenomenon that we see pop up in philosophy and in art, a lot of the social sciences, like systems theory, etc., that talks about the idea that an entity is like this unified whole that's comprised of parts. And that entity actually has access to things that the parts themselves do not have access to. So in a way, it's saying that we as individuals, we have access to what we have access to, right? And then when we come together, forming like these synergistic symbiotic relationships through conversation, the giving and receiving of dialogue, the sharing of ideas or data or experiences, when we enter into that relationship with the other, we're forming an entity that has access to more things than we had access to as individuals. And those more things are emergent possibilities, emergent paradigms, things that have always been here, but we weren't able to see alone. That is the conversation that I just had with Jalisa Cypress. It is a banger. I am so excited for you guys to receive this. It is a paradigm shifting conversation. So prepare yourself, take a deep breath, get yourself some water, get yourself a nice beverage of any flavor (laughs) and settle in for this one. Because I feel like a lot of the things that we brought through might be, you know, they might shake you up a little bit. And I want to assure you that the shake up and shake down is so necessary for the revealing of what we actually are. So I'm embracing this shift in our reality that we're unveiling together um, and hoping that this touches you in the same way that me and Jaleesa experienced it. Because I swear to goddess, we were in a whole ass vortex and we passed through a portal into the realizing of especially a new money paradigm. But what I think we circled around many times in this conversation is that it's a new paradigm of relationship with life, relationship with our energy, relationship with experience. And when we start to really have a relationship versus have an attachment to our experience, you know, things really get to blossom magic really gets to happen. So without further ado, I introduce to you this conversation on money, choosing, and so much more with Jaleesa Cypress. Enjoy. Okay, we're already deep into it. So I figure we just got to hit record now. So yeah, we were just talking about you know, the challenges that we go through as what ends up being the curriculum we teach. And that kind of just perfectly brings me into like why I wanted to bring you here because I feel such a like shift in you, like Mm. in 
ease towards your relationship with money. Mm. I just got chills saying that because it's, it's an, a quality that I sense in how you post stuff and just the way you're living in life where I'm like, damn girl, <laughs> you shifted something. Like, I want to know what's up. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear people's reflections, right. Of like what your life is, um, and, and how things work for you. Um, for some reason I called, I feel called to like tell my backstory with money, but I usually don't just because I don't know when P was here, uh, we were like, yeah, let's stop like telling, let's stop like qualifying where we are by yeah. like talking about our past. I get but that. I also feel like just because you asked a question that's kind of like, oh, there was a shift. I think it's important to reference like where I've been. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I grew up poor, uh, grew up with like, don't know if like lights are going to be turned off. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, food. Uh, I always ate uh you know, United States poor, which is like food stamps and like not knowing if certain things are going to get paid and like having the church pay your bills sometimes and like stuff like that. Um, but I definitely grew up with like my mom, (laughs) like I'm having me having a friend over and my mom, like pulling me into the bedroom, crying about money. And then like telling me all of the, all of the burdens and all the issues that we had. And she didn't know if this and this and that we're going to be taken care of. And then being like, and basically being like, go back out with your friend and act like nothing happened. And I'm like, cool trauma. Uh, so like, you know, cause I would be like, oh my God, like, and I would go back out and all I'd think about is like, how am I going to fix yeah. this problem that there's no way for me to fix? I'm literally 10. Yeah. I literally cannot get a job. Uh, I literally cannot provide for this family and didn't even have the context really for those words. Right. So yeah. For me, like money growing up and it was always like, there was always a lot of resentment towards rich people. I didn't really know what rich meant. I just knew that like everyone that wasn't us was seen to be rich. You know, like it was just very much this relationship of like everyone that's not us is doing better than us and needs to help us. And it's their duty to do that. And so it was very much entitlement, even though we were poor, like it was just very layered yeah, and confusing. And, um, when I started, yeah, and like just patterns also of like when we got a bunch of money to spending it and then going back to being like not having anything. And so some of those patterns I've definitely replicated, like getting a lot of money and then like having that, you know, because I talk to people about this a lot about how like spending money can be abundant and it can also be scarce. Like if you're, if you're trying to get rid of it, if you're like, I don't know how to handle having this, I don't know how to handle receiving or maintaining, you know, that is a form of scarcity. And so I definitely repeated a lot of those patterns, um, in my early days of having my own money. Um, and like, I have a weird, really weird relationship with debt as well. I don't care about debt at all. So like, I'm tech, like, you know, I got into debt when I, when I was in my, I don't know, I think this is like late teens, uh, like 18, 19. Yeah. Like, you know, buying stuff for college and stuff like that. Cause I didn't, I don't have any, I don't have any like family wealth. I don't like have anyone, like if I, the bottom falls out for me, like, yeah, I, I don't have generational, I don't have anything to lean back on. So 
uh, yeah, it was like doing everything for myself, paying for college for my, by myself. So, uh, yeah, I just had a very like weird hodgepodge kind of like scrapping it together. I'm always okay. Kind of thing that happens. Ooh, yeah. I resonate. Yeah. And I think that like part of that hodgepodge thing is also like not still being afraid to look money in the eye. You know what I mean? Yes, a hundred percent. Like, do you want to speak to that before I continue? Because I'd love to hear what that looks like for you. Yes, I do. Um, I feel a huge part of my journey with money has been like an avoidant attachment mm. to money. You know, it's like. And I really resonated with what you said about like, you know, there's really no one taking care of me. Like I've got to rally and I've always had that base level consciousness of like my needs will be provided for because I am willing to do what I need to, to make sure that happens, you know, and that's a yeah. over time to be more like, I know I'm like held graciously by this universe and whatever I actually need will always show up. But it was still like this immature form that was just like, my needs are set. So like, now I don't, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to look at it. I don't have to pay attention to it. I don't have to have a relationship with this money. I trust at the baseline, everything will be okay. So like being in that, like, you know, being an avoidant attachment in a relationship, you're like really grateful that it's there but you do not want to look at the deeper things that are being mirrored to you by how you feel when you're interacting with money. So for me, mm. avoiding the bank balance, which is a huge thing, yeah. pretending my debt didn't exist by never checking where I was and like what the interest rate was fluctuating to or what my credit score was or any of that kind of stuff. I really just could not face the reality of the number on the screen and what I believed that was saying to me about me. Mm -hmm. Like, and you know, I'm, I'm growing up out of the unworthiness trap. Like I really just feel like it's a trap. Like there's no such thing as unworthiness at this point. Yeah. And also you kind of have to climb that climb through that on the ladder to recognizing worthiness is not a thing. You know? Mm, yeah. Exactly. You know, it's like I have to climb through the experience of feeling unworthy to really realize, recognize that I am abundantly, infinitely worthy and I don't have to prove it anymore. But a lot of my life has been um, proving, proving things. And what money kept saying to me by looking at, the state of things was like, you ain't proved nothing here. Mm. And that was like well, the dagger in the heart. Cause I, mm. I really got off on being able to prove myself in this world for mm. a really long time. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, no, that's, you said so many things. Um, <laughs> The anxious avoidant, or sorry, well, I heard anxious avoidant, but you said avoidant. Yeah. Uh, attachment with money is so fascinating because they say that uh, recently there's this 
so people started talking about that maybe our relationship to money is the same relationship we have to food Oof. but the idea that it would be this the same that we have with romance or that like oh actually maybe like relationship just transfers to every thing and so relationship would mean relationship to food relationship to money because all these things are relationships that's what um, yeah and like seeing money as a partner like a partner in, in your life I think is such a powerful way of seeing it because it is like you do consult it every time you want to make a decision yeah. um you do use you know it is part of your partnership with pleasure you know it's, it's a way to access pleasure it's a way to access a lot of different things and I think what's so interesting as well about money is that it's like we still debate like what even is it like <laughs> You know what I mean? Like we're still debating like, is money an energy? No, it's not an energy. No, it is. You know, is it a, is it a, what is it? You know, it's, it's a currency. It's a this, it's a that, but it's also like not real. Like how does my money, how does the value of money change based on what dirt you're in? Like if I'm in UK soil, it's, you know, and then like, it can also fluctuate. Like recently, yeah. I think it was the pound dropped to the amount or the Euro dropped to the amount of the dollar or something like that. Like, yeah. It's just like, okay. And, and like, for me, for example, I live in Mexico right now and like my money is worth so much more here. And so I live a different way, even though like it's, if it dropped to the same level tomorrow, I'd have to change my, you know, there's like so many ways that money's like, it's such a trickster energy actually. Oh, yes. You know, and like in African traditional religion, which is where I started my spiritual journey, really I mean after Christianity I was Buddhist but then um my first like quote magical quote-unquote journey was in African traditional religion um and like the trickster energy in ATR is also the keeper the gatekeeper the keeper of entrances the keeper of like being able to get from point A to point B like he's a threshold guardian he's the troll under the bridge like he's the riddle master you know and he loves money like you can give him three pennies. That's like part, you know, you can give him shiny things. You can give him sweets. Like, and so, I mean, this is all coming together. I mean, obviously these are all pieces that I've had, but like threading them together is like happening in this very moment. But like, yeah, yeah like having money be like, actually it's a threshold guardian and a trickster energy and like something that you can like, you don't have to bow down to and you don't also have to like minimize, but you have to interact with. And it is like, there is a trickster energy to it. It's like, why every time do I, like, if I'm not, if I don't spend, right. If I'm like budgeting or I'm holding or hoarding or I'm worried, I'm, I stay wherever I got worried. Like I stay in whatever number I got restricted at, but then if I spend, even if I don't, it doesn't look like I have money, all of a sudden money comes in. Wow. It's like, that's a trickster. That's like, there's, that's what that is um do you have like do you have a relationship with like the tricksters yeah I really feel like the majority of my life has been a hide and seek game with trickster energy actually Mm. it's like when I am you know engaging in the game I remember who I'm playing with Mm. and so much like possibility opens for me when I'm actually acknowledging the trickster in the room you know Mm. and then there will come these I I don't know if you want to call them a trial or you know a 
a qualifying moment or a stabilizing experience where the universe is like, okay, you've, you've learned how to interact with this energy, but like what happens when the big hammer comes down, you know, like that big Mm -hmm. money wound or the big relationship wound hits you? Like, how do you behave then? You know, Mm. at least this is how I've contextualized my own experience of trials or passing a threshold. Right. And that very much feels like my blinders go back up to that relationship. Mm. And I really invert to mental processes and kind of lock myself in the tool shed of the mind. At least this has been my pattern. And I'm like, I start calculating things and like yeah, yeah, yeah. the budgeting thing, right? It's like when you get to these threshold moments, like, and you tighten up and you constrict, you, like, I love how you said it. You're really just locking yourself in place at that moment mm. where the constriction hits instead of choosing to breathe with it and open and remember who you're playing with. So I fucking love that you brought that trickster element in because I really hadn't contextualized the specific money relationship as holding that energy. But you saying it is just like, oh my fucking God, yes, it's that. Yeah, it's it's a new realization for me too. I've always felt that money was very slippery, but I think that because once you come into spirituality and abundance worlds and manifestation worlds, it's like all the goddesses and, and figureheads of abundance and manifestation, there's like this grace and this like, oh, like... Uh, you know, flow, Venus, you know, lounge on the coins, you know, like, and you're supposed to, to talk to these goddesses that are like, there's a mothering. And like, for me, I'm like, that's where my money wounds come from is that is like the mothering energy, right? Is like the, the, like where they're supposed to be nurturing energy. Right. So like, and so for me, I'm like, uh, you know, like it's, it's like me like tapping, like, being like, excuse me. Like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know what, you know, it doesn't, I don't think it really works for me actually to interact with the, the like traditional money associated goddesses. And it's like, of course I would love if abundance and femininity and abundance and uh, nurturing and abundance and, and, and motherhood all were the same, yeah. but like, do we actually see that in our society? Like, do we actually see that the feminine is rewarded with abundance, that the, that like motherhood is rewarded with abundance, that like any of these nurturing aspects are rewarded with abundance? No, all of the fucking people that we hate, you know, collectively are supposed to hate being rich are tricksters. They're like, they're buying yachts. They're doing weird shit. They're putting money on, on red or on black. They're they're like playing with the stock market. Stock market is a fucking game. It's a fucking game. And debt is a game. Yeah, it is. Ugh. And so it's like, I mean, I feel like this is actually a huge unlocking for the collective to yeah. talk about this I and agree. to be like, actually, actually, when you, because also like, imagine you have to go to the troll under the bridge to get your 10k and he's like well do this riddle with me and then do the jig and then we're going to slip on a banana peel and then it's going to take us around the rainbow and then you're going to go and you're like no but I need to pay my rent (laughs) it's like you know it's like it's so that's but that's what the experience is yes yes you do have to do the jig like in real life you do have to do the jig to get the you know it is all it's all this like show Mm. oh my god yes it is i fucking 
fucking love how you put that. That's, that's incredibly liberating because, you know, it's not so much like you've got to budget appropriately and make the correct investments and make sure you are not spending more than your incoming and da, da, da. it's like, no, like your game might be completely unique from anybody yeah. else's. Like the troll under the bridge might be like, from you, I need you to make mm. money leap before I give you the thing. I need you to output big before I give you big, or I need you to like really admit admit exactly what it feels like right now and ask for help, ask for the miracle. You know, it's mm. like, I think for everybody, there's these different, the trolls got different requirements for you. Yeah. To see you move in a very unique way. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I, um, I, I did this event called money world. It still lives in my Patreon if anyone's interested, but it was like, it was the first, I this feels like a second huge unlocking actually, but the first one was through money world where I was like, we need to stop talking about it. Like it's a mindset. It's like, it actually is a different entire universe for each person. Mm -hmm. And also what, just to clarify, I'm an astrologer. That's why I keep talking about astrology, okay. but, uh, so I'm going to talk about astrology again, but, or maybe I haven't, Maybe it's just what's been in my mind, but, um, cause when you're talking, I was like, yeah, we're talking about, it, it's almost like institutions have set it up to act like, um, money is a Saturnian game that money is like, it's like, well, if you do the right things and you have a plan and you, and it's like, it's, and that's actually also a trick, yeah. you know, it's like, maybe that's actually the first trick of the troll is like, will you fall for these fake rules yeah. that they're going to give you. Oh my God. I'm just like in total chills. right? Now. <laughs> That's so. Cause we're just like figuring out money. <laughs> live. <laughs> Literally live y'all. We're unpacking this right now. Yeah. Oh my God. Like I, I love that insight. Like, are you going to fall for the trick of Saturn? Saturn who says you must work hard and you must. And it must make sense. It must make sense. And you must be diligent. And this must be something that I, I'm going to just say it. Something that you have to suck the dick of. It's like that. Mm. We don't have to have that relationship with money. Like that kind of is what I've always felt cast from the very patriarchal like system that we're operating in now it's like you want the money suck it honey you know like, mm, that's what I yeah. always felt and I was like a hard no to that always mm. and that's where I got um I polarized to like just a rebellious kind yep. of I'm gonna escape the money trap so I'm gonna lower my standards way 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 low and I'm gonna find ethical reasons for why I'm lowering mm. my so I can be morally like superior Fire. while I am literally just ignoring an energy that is not going to go away just as my out. That was like my avoidance strategy, my rebellion towards it. And I'm really feeling right now, like for me, I feel like Jupiter is a much more aligned um, influence on my money relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's strange to me because I see Jupiter as like, well, you know, it's, it, it's held like big God energy for me, but like mm. our misconceptions about God, like our relationship with God that we've 
been like, I don't have the authority. I don't have the power. So here's my projection of God. And I feel like we've mostly cast that on Jupiter. And Mm. so, so like coming into more of a relationship with where my Jupiter is, like the sign in the house that it is, it's like showing me how to take my own authority back and recognize like, Hey, yeah, you know, the troll might want a certain dance from you, but you really get to create what that looks and feels like. It's, it's you. It's not some external bound and hard set of rules that I have to obey. Like that idea of God is like something we have to obey. I have to obey the God of money, the rules of money. It just feels like, yeah, like you said, it's just a big trick. And it's like, are you going to fall for that or not? Yeah. Or like play it. Like, what does it look like to play along or to like, be like touche, you know, like, (laughs) I think that, um, yeah, we've made money like so fucking serious. Um, I have hit absolute zero in my life before where I literally didn't have money. Like, like literally had no, like $0 in my bank account. And my ass was like walking down the street, like happy go lucky, like wasn't thinking about it, you know? And, um, and I, and I also like, when I've hit thousands have, have had pockets of feeling the same way. But even like when I think about Cause I think a lot of times people think, well, oh, if I just get this amount of money, I'll be okay forever. Yeah. It's like actually has nothing to do with the amount. You can feel the same way with $10 or with 10 million. I promise you. Yeah. I promise you that you'll eventually look at the 10 million and be like, holy shit. What if this runs out? Holy shit. I still have to save this. I still have, you're going to have the same fucking mindset. Yes. I, I promise you, uh, because I've been there. I mean, I will say I haven't hit multiple millions where like, you know, you're, but I do know that from the, 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 uh, that from the public, uh, the public information on people who have hit millions, billions, they're doing weird shit with their money. And they're also acting very strange with it where they're like, (laughs) they're, they have a scarcity mindset a lot of times. I mean, I think, being a billionaire, you, you, you definitely like when you acquire the amount of money, that's actually comedic, <laughs> like that you actually, that do, doesn't actually physically exist. Yeah. Like that's comedy, first of all. And second of all, it's like those people you've had to in, 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 engage in some sort of weird scarcity game, you know, let's say like with Amazon, it's like, they don't, they like really are stingy with their workers they have like a lot of issues with like the actual quality of the products and like their interface is still really ugly like there's all this like weird shit that's like what is going on here like it's actually a joke like like billionaireism is actually a joke Uh um and like not real to a certain extent and and you also see that like once people hit a certain level of of income they start buying things that seem like toys and playing with power and playing with all this other stuff because they're like wow this one thing that i was told was like the thing to get or was so concrete is like now the thing that i have like what next yeah and that's i think a really that is then who are you like oh it goes back to your character right like because so many of us have taken on our money relationship as like who what you said as who we are yes internalized that all the way 
Yeah. Like what you said about like looking at your bank account balance and actually, instead of looking at a numbers of like how many coins I have, you know, this is just a number of how many coins I have. It, it's like 18 different stories about who we are, what's going to happen to us, yeah. you know, what that other person is going to think of us when none of us walk around with our bank balances above our heads. <laughs> none of us. Like we don't actually know. We don't know how much anyone has. And also the, the other thing that's fascinating about money is like, because it's all in banks and because it's all in digital systems, if that shit went down, it doesn't exist. That part. Like it can all be taken. They literally, I've had one time PayPal, like I was supposed to have like a thousand dollars in my PayPal and there was like 11,000 something or sorry, 111,016 dollars or something. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then it was gone, of course, like the next hour. Yeah. Or yeah, something like that. And I was like, this is really a game. Like they're just, they're just like, it's a computer. It's, it's could fuck up. It's like, it's none of it is actually real. And what does real mean? Right. Like to me, real is like, has an impact on your spirit, has an impact on something that can, that traverses this lifetime. And so many of us spend so much of this lifetime trying to prove ourselves through something that we can't take with us. And it's not just, Oh, you can't take it with you to the grave. It's like, it's beyond that. Yeah. Right. Like, and we, we can choose to learn lessons through money. Like we can't, we can choose to learn these lessons about avoidance, about, about, um, abundance, about this or about that through money. We can choose that. We can also choose to not learn our lessons through money and have that be a place that just like is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like true, a true neutral medium in life, just like a canvas or, you know, whatever else that we create things with. Yeah. And what's so hard about that is that, you know, on a collective level, there's very few people on that consciousness Yeah, of being able to treat it neutrally. And I think that's why it's so hard because when you, everything that we've said logically makes sense right. and also spiritually makes sense. And, you know, there's a lot of like, makes sense, right? But there's still something in our systems that's like, yeah, but there's not enough people in the collective that feel this way for me to do it and 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 have it feel safe. Hmm. And that's what's so fascinating about being in the position that we're in where we've positioned ourselves as some some sort of teacher, some sort of person who knows some of the ways uh, to navigate this reality in a more fun or sparkly or exciting or aligned way mm-hmm. is that like we have to be like the mavericks of the, the the collective consciousness world where we're out here doing shit that's like this is actually a mad scientist experiment right now um and like I'm doing it because you know I want it to be possible for everyone else and I'm willing to put everything I have on the line to to explore the truth of it or to create a truth out of it. Oh my God. Yes. That I, it, I very much feel that in the arena of my character, the quantum cowgirl. It's like, she's mm. just here to explore beyond the outer limit of what is known by the collective. She's not really mm. creating anything new. She's just exploring outside the boundary. So hopefully, you know, she gets to a new place in the, the quantum field and can throw a lasso to the collective mm. and pull those worlds just like closer together so that the walk mm. across the bridge is like easier for everyone else. Because yeah. riding a horse well is not easy, <laughs> you know? 
out in the, the wild terrain, you know, there's a lot of potholes out there, groundhog holes, you know, like mm. there's places to snare yourself and to fall and to hurt yourself. But ultimately, you know, to maverick it is to say, I'm willing to be that one who risks big for yeah. the, the anchoring in of a new truth or the, the revealing of a forgotten truth, you know, whatever way we want yes. to get it. Yes. And I think this is also like, it's crazy how much is like unlocking just from our, like from us communicating. I'm like, what's going on? So much. Yeah. It's like a vortex, but uh, it's also like, that's probably why spirit has spoken to us from so early on in our lives or like that we have these connections to spirit beings because there's no other humans out there. Like where we're exploring, where we're doing these things, not, it's not, and it's not in a fucking like egoic way. It's just like, if other people were doing it, I would be stoked. Like I would be like, period. And this is, I mean, and this is why like you, me, Pete, like why we all fucking know each other is because we're like, yeah, there's six of us. There's six of us. together doing this and we're all in different like like thank god for the internet in a certain kind of way because it's like we're all on different fucking dimensions and time periods and like you know terrains so to speak that like to have something as cool as a device that can show you like oh yeah keep going you're not because you know to have spiritual support, it's like a lot of people are like, why can't I hear the spirits? Why? It's like, you have to go out far enough. Yeah, you do. You have to like, and you know, the experiences of being a child and what happened to me in my childhood pushed me so far out of my body and so far out of my, I think that's, you know, I think that's why so far out of, you know, out of embodiment let's say that yes. like spirit yeah. was like okay we're gonna help you do because you're going into territory that's like very uncharted very uncharted very like tumultuous and like no one else knows what what goes on out here besides us because we've both yeah. been maybe some of them have been in bodies or have been around for a long time and kind of know the ropes yeah and so like yeah it's like I'm sorry but like there are very few humans that can help me with where I'm going or where I am because there are very few on the planet who remember that they have been there. Like you said, that there's like a lack of remembrance yes. or haven't been before, that. you know? And it's not a fucking judgment. It's just like, it just is. It's and so, weird. yeah. And so when it comes to money, what's so interesting is like, we have been taught this lie about the physicality of it. And also about the, the, the Saturnianness of it, of like, we're all in line waiting for this daddy to approve, you know, to, to check off our papers yeah. when like, we're like, mm, I think I'm going to zip over there. Like something seems like it's shiny over there. But even if I bring this giant shiny ball, that is like worth more than all of these papers that all these people have to this daddy figure, he's going to be like, Oh, that's not real. Or that's not enough. Or that doesn't, computer that isn't real yes and so so the the other crazy thing is that we then have to like prove that has some validity yes. in the world that we live in yes but we have to use our own systems of proof that's, that's it. it's absolutely nuts it is it's fucking like god i said like, we're not okay <laughs> I need everybody to know this. Like, you know, our, I think our, our easiest like archetype to transfer is like 
our genius has come online and genius mm. madness is the same, same coin okay like sometimes yeah. partner is just like you know i worry about you it's <laughs> like okay god's got me like i know but like this it looks terrible right now i get it just trust because i trust we gotta trust yeah. there you know <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, being in your energy field, I I don't know how you're doing. I don't know how you're holding this down. I don't know how you're like remaining human. I'm like, we're like going to cry together. <laughs> we're like going to end this like, cry. For every pore, like it's going to just travel <laughs> my body. Because like, it's, it's, it's a lot. Like, yeah. it's a lot to be like, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this thing that I have to somehow, I want other people to come because it's cool here. And like, <laughs> it's great here. And you seem to be complaining about this thing that I think I've figured out, but like, it doesn't work in the measurements that you're still using. Like, I don't know how to communicate to you that this thing works. And that's the thing that I love so much about like business is that like my human self, like, I think it's actually also a different part of me. That's the not human part of me. I love business obsessed. Mm -hmm. I do business coaching, but I don't talk about it that much. Cause I just like, it's not, um, yeah, it's not listed a lot of places, but like that's another thing that I love is helping people with the marketing aspect of like learning how to talk about and use language that like the collective is ready for yeah. or something that they actually aren't ready for or something that they don't know they're ready for yet to yes. communicate like what's actually going on yes. because, um, and that's very mercurial, right. Is like learning how to carry the message without tainting it. Mm. Even if it's from the gods, even if it's actually not in the same language, even if it's actually, you know, and, and the, the, to me, Mercury is also the trickster. Like you said that Jupiter is, and I think, well, you didn't say Jupiter's a trickster. I don't want to, to mince your words. You, you use a different, um, kind of description, but Jupiter to me is very much like, he's like, oh, you want money? And he's just like coins start coming out of his finger. Right. And then he's like, oh, you want water? And like water just starts coming out of his mouth. Like he's just laughing. It's just like, it's just like, yeah, it just is it's just like abundant. It's just like coming out everywhere. And it's almost like, it's almost grotesque, right? Like Jupiter expands things until it's like, oh, you wanted this? Like, let me push it to its absolute limit until it's almost like, you know, you've eaten your 17th piece of chocolate cake and you're like, all right, I could never see chocolate cake again in my life. But 10 minutes ago, it was the, it was like all I wanted. Yes. Right. So Jupiter's excess and, and how that can turn into something being grotesque, I think is so beautiful. But I think that the thing about the trickster and the comedic energy that's different from Jupiter to me yeah, is Jupiter's like in a, you know, I think because it's an outer planet, right. Versus the inner planets, right. Because it's an outer planet, it's on a different level. So like he's laughing and water's coming out of his mouth and coins are coming, you know, everything's <laughs> happening and it's not, there isn't that human like laugh, like there there's, there's, it's on a different, it's a different dimensional experience. You can almost like only witness. Yeah. And like, and like, go in and scoop out or go in and partake and then leave but like mercury is something that we can actually embody and that we actually are and it's like an inner planet and it's something that's like you know it's 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 neither or right mercury as a as a substance is like neither uh it's not a liquid it's also not a solid it's also not a gas like there's like all these things about mercurial energy where it's like well i'm not really anything you know going back to money it's the same thing it's like money is physical I do have physical money on me right now. Right. It's also not. It's also doesn't exist. Yeah. 
So it's actually very mercurial. And it's all, that's also the way that it moves. Like it moves in a very cyclical, but not, not um, predictable cyclical way. Yes. Right? And if you think about mercurial cycles of retrogrades, how often mercury retrogrades and how often it also moves forward, money's like that too. What I've experienced is like, there are expansions and contractions. Yeah, It isn't just this like always, 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 always abundant flow, but those can, you can, you can decide what kinds of uh, how, how quick or how long or how hard those contractions are or how they feel. Yeah. Oh my God. Can I speak to that? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love. Yeah. Okay. So this is something that I've, you know, been in my human design experiment for a really long time and have emotional authority. And this is mm. your reality is the wave. Your reality is the expansion and the contraction. And the thing that I have learned through actually paying attention to my wave is that the only thing that prolongs my contraction is my resistance to the experience of the contraction in yep. of itself. Like, uh, again, it's, I go back into like these patterns of mm -hmm. identifying with that. Experience. Yes. I'm, con I'm experiencing contracting. So I am contracted. I have less, I, you know, have to protect myself. I am less. I am less. I literally am less. That's been a story that has, you know, been activated, especially through the money journey so much of my life. And once I started to realize it's like, I'm, I'm experiencing, I'm witnessing contraction. Like, mm. I'm, wow. al I'm allowing myself to be present with contraction. All of a sudden, it's like, just the alleviation comes. Mm. And it doesn't mean like by bearing loving awareness to the experience of contraction, I'm like deciding for the biggest expansion right in that moment. But mm -hmm. my pain, it it like evaporates, it dissolves and it becomes, oh, it becomes like breath again, mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, our linear mind can feel the difference between inhale and exhale. But is it though? Like it's breath. Mm -hmm. Breath goes in and out and that is breathing. Yeah. So it's like in that same way, I've been able to learn that expansion and contraction is being. Hmm. And as I learn more and more to soften my experience of the contraction and pull back, zoom out into that observer, the one who's witnessing a contraction in this body, it's like, okay, that's, it's just the, just the exhale, you know, or the hold between breaths, you know, like holding empty. That's a super expansive state, actually, while it feels like inside, you might be like, oh God, like <laughs> going into like that alarm response just as a physical reaction. Yes. And, and how similar that is to what, what, how we're making parallels to like to romantic relationship or I guess relationship in general, but I think romantic relationship is where most of us, most of us experience the most contraction. Yes. Right. It's like, I think some of our spiritual tools don't 
work in those experiences because of what you're saying, because we're like, I want to do anything but witness and hold and acknowledge the contraction. I want to change it. I want to manifest out of it. I want to blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay. Like if a baby curls into the fetal position and is crying, are you going to try and like stretch the baby out and be like, be bigger, be expansive, get it. You know, it's like, it's, it's like, uh, no, no, that's, that's not. And how funny that our society cannot cannot decide what to do with a crying baby have you heard this like that there's like all of this debate about whether or not you should leave a child if it's yes. crying or you should tend to the child or yes. you should do a mix like we don't we can't figure out like a very what seems like okay we should know by now we've been having babies like the whole time you know, like, <laughs> we should understand this yeah. but but witnessing contraction without being able to do anything about it or with or 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 without needing to change it, without yeah. needing it to be, be something different. That is something that we're collectively, maybe not even, a, like, maybe, like, I don't even know if the collective is aware that this is the issue. Right. I agree with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we think the issue is literally everything else and it's not even touching the real issue. I think that's, that is exactly what it feels like for me. Like, we're, we're simply working on the surface we're working off all the memes we already have in our head about money to try and reverse engineer you know versus like actually there's i don't want to say it's like a bigger or you know it's not even an expanded awareness it's like just it, god it's just a willingness to hold what is it's a willingness mm -hmm to hold what is flowing. And, you know, one of the main things that has really touched me about working with feminine energy is that the beginning of everybody's soul journey, like that energy within us in her youth and uh, just, you know, just the beginning of her journey, she identifies with everything that's occurring. There's no spaciousness. And so reaction is just the normal it's the automatic, it's the, it's become the automatic thing that we do is, you know, identify with it. And then like, we feel it, but we feel it in such a, like, I don't know, one dimensional way. And so one dimensional feelings start occurring. And then we work like crazy to make meaning of that experience of that feeling when there is this option to just like offer presence to the experience and recognize like you're not what flows through the vessel you're the quality of being able to hold what's flowing mm. yeah that that has really like opened me as a being because again you know so much of my journey with money has been making it mean something about me mm -hmm. as a person, as an individual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then as you come into these, into these fears, it's like, as a spiritual being, as a manifest, you know, as of this, as of that, it's like, Jesus Christ, can we stop with the identities? Really? Ah, can we just, can we, please? can we throw it away? It's so icky. Uh, but also like what you were saying of like, yeah, I think maybe we already said this, but like, yeah, 
really what we're here on earth to do. And I don't know if it's like, I still, I can't tell. I'm figuring out whether it's like, when we say we, is it like, is it the people, is there supposed to like, what is all of the population meant to all experience the same thing or is possible, is able to experience all the same thing? I don't know. But if you're here and you're listening and you're able to understand what we're saying, this experience of like, wow, I'm literally, I'm, I'm bearing witness to what life is. And I'm also experiencing it as the same thing. And, and I'm also experiencing it at the same time. And when it comes to money, it's like, well, you're experiencing or you're, you're witnessing, wow, this is what money is. Wow. Sometimes money like does this thing. Sometimes money does that thing. And what I've learned as well from experience uh, with this relationship with money, uh, is that like, it, it actually has no choice, but to find me like it's, it's job is to touch and have a relationship with everyone on the planet. Yeah. And so like it, it has to find me, like it has no choice. There will be no way that like, if it leaves that it will never come back. That just doesn't exist. Yeah. It just doesn't, that just isn't part of that that entity's game. It wants to engage with everyone. It has to. Um, and so, and like, I'm hearing all the people in my head are like, what about me? Like, what about this really small minority of the population? That, blah, blah, blah. I know. Like, you know, you don't actually know what their experience is. So that's that. Um, but uh, yeah, to be like, wow, I am witnessing a contraction of money. Do I want to contract with it? Oh my God. <laughs> like, Actually, and what you're saying, that spaciousness to realize that actually a choice is floating in the field. Like that's actually what choice is. Oh my God. Is that, is that moment. Yes. Of recognition and seeing where your power could interact with what's occurring. Oh my God. Like witnessing and being like, this is occurring. Cool. I am not sitting. I am not that thing. I am not money. I am not any of the things that I'm, that I'm witnessing or experiencing, not even this body really. Yes, you're right. But do I want, like, so what do I want? What, what do I want my interaction to be? What do I want it to look like? How am I choosing to show up to what I'm witnessing, right? Because as a being, what I've been given is choice. That's the only thing I've been given. The only. Is like, because, you know, I, I ultimately also believe we choose to be here. I, I right? do too. <laughs> and we wait and every day that we wake up, we're making a choice consciously to be yes. here. We yeah. go somewhere nuts. The dream world is insane. The dream world is like, what the fuck? We go there every night and we come back here to linear annoying world <laughs> to me. No, I get it. And it's like, I chose that. I chose to wake up today. Yes. And it only makes sense that we're gods. This is like going in a different direction, but it only makes sense that we're gods that we would choose to be like, let's pretend human. Like, it's like when you're a child and you pretend to be an adult. Why would you want to pretend to be the most contracted, annoying, rigid <laughs> thing that exists? Like you're going to pretend to be a mom, really? Like what? You pretend to be a dragon? You're going to pretend to be a mom. That's us as gods being like, I'm going to go be a human. And we think it's going to be cute. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what we think it's going to be. I don't know if we know that it's just a giant lesson. I think we do because why else would I know that if, you know, if we didn't, but um, yeah, that the, what you're saying, like being 
not even being de in devotion to, but just like, yeah, maybe, maybe being a disciple to, to the spaciousness, to like being like, how can I actually give myself space, give this moment space and give what's occurring space and knowing that all of those things are different, but when you're contracted, it's all feels like the same thing. And it all feels like it's touching you. Yeah. Right. It all feels like so hard to separate out. Yeah. And, and that's what I think spirituality can give you, right. You can meditate and separate and start to create, okay, there's space between my body and this feeling there's space between this, what's occurring and what my choice is. There's space between me needing to make the choice and the timing, right. Like yeah. there's space and time, right. That, cause all of those things feel like, oh my God, one big blob of of hell yeah. when you, when you're in a contracted state, yes, right. 100%. Which we could call a collapsed nervous system, which we could call, you know, we have a lot of names for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, that's what spirituality can help you with. Um, but yeah, becoming like a, a really neutral witness. And I want to take this in another direction. I'll see how you feel about it, but like be not just cultivating a neutral witness for the times that feel shitty but what the hardest the hardest spiritual passage for me has been cultivating it when you are in when you would love to experience ecstatic bliss or when things are going super fucking well and you're like wow I still have to be like how do I still experience being a neutral witness and handle being a human being <laughs> and wanting to fully like you know because we're like feels good attach yeah you know yes, feels yes, bad yes. detach yes right yeah i think actually true liberation is like being able to not identify with either of them and dip in and out of both without identifying with them without being overcome or overtaken by them and that includes the ecstatic manifestation bliss power you know perfect times yes god it honestly sucks <laughs> <laughs> like denying denying not denying yourself but like go, popping out into neutral when you were like just in bliss state it's like god damn it you i know, know. <laughs> it's almost as if like i don't know somebody ripped the vr goggles off your face no, no, put them back. Yes, <laughs> you know, give me that back. Even though you were just trying to rip the same goggles off because of a different experience. Exactly, and that I guess is what I feel you circling around. Where it's like the the truth of freedom is like I'm gonna take it evolutionary. It's to evolve out of the reaction to pain pleasure duality it's it's to you know come into witness consciousness to be able to feel the effects of these things without like or you know because yes. that feels like I, I i went on a buddhist journey for a time too and you know the thing that really was traumatizing to me about that path was how bad of a rap desire gets mm. when really I feel it as it's just our baseline first wave of evolution, um, you know, cowering or retracting automatically mm -hmm. or, or pursuing automatically the compulsive, do it again, touch yes. it again, hit it again, again, with the hit, with the hit, with the hit, with the hit. Mm -hmm. so you can't feel anything. Hi, my issues, but like, 
you know, to get to that place where we can really allow the fullness of the experience, feel the fullness of the experience while maintaining space from the experience. Like it's a very, I love to bring up Christianity because like that's my baseline and I love to shadow work it, but it's like the in, not of, in the world, but not of the world. For me, where I'm at right now, that's what I feel. It's like, how do I be in the game without being of the game? Yeah. How do I have the full experience of being able to play, shoot my shot, roll the dice without my identity becoming the results. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. It's like, yeah. Well, I want to go back to what you're saying about Buddhism of pleasure. And then I really want to talk about the analogy that you just brought up because I, I, I've, okay. So I had this experience where Archangel Gabriel, who I did not know at the time, he said he was gay, and I did not know what that was at the time, but something with wings came down. I was meditating in Tucson, Arizona. It came down and it was like, hi, I'm Gabe. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but do you need, do you have something to say? And then he goes, yeah, you need to like become a monk on the mountain basically is what he told me. And I was like, "Mm, but there's Instagram, you know, um, I don't think you get it, Gabe. Uh, and then, and then, literally typed in after this experience, wings, Gabe, because I into into Google and was like, oh, Archangel Gabriel. So he's been my like OG Fuck ever you. since. But he told me that way back then, like you need to be a monk on the mountain. And I have always had that about that in the back of my head. And I've had a couple breakdowns where I'm like, I'm just gonna be a nun. I just gonna shave and just gonna go. But what I realized is that they're they're preaching some they realize how much people are suffering yeah and if they're if you want to preach neutral consciousness and you don't want to get hurt by having to by also being in the world you would want to tell people that pleasure is just bad you know they don't say pleasure is bad but they just say like it's basically temptation right um and they're just saying or they're just saying it's like it's an attachment like you're you're falling victim to attachment and they're not wrong that's right? true. You're not wrong. Yeah. And in and and at the time that Buddhism was created, like uh, first of all, way ahead of its fucking time, uh, right? Quantum. Second of all, so yeah, so relevant for right now. Yeah. And and as you were talking, I'm like, oh my god, that's why this wave has been this last spiritual wave has been so obsessed with sex and pleasure and manifesting material things is because we needed to go on the opposite scale of where we used to be, which is just like pain, like retracting from pain, retracting from pain. Now we're going to the other side, which is attaching to pleasure, attaching to pleasure. And us, you know, us as like these maverick, whatever we are being on the front lines, this is what the front lines looks like where you're like, actually, I have to, like, I'm a lone wolf being neutral when I could be, like, really ecstatically blissed out right now in my human body, because I think this is the future. Like, I think this is actually where the collective will be uh, the most satisfied, because the thing about spirituality, unfortunately, (laughs) is, like, it can, if you want to just be in blissed out state all the time, there is a way to do that. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think you'll have to come back to this place. <laughs> like, and that's what Buddhism says. Like, that's what samsara is, right? Yeah. It's like every time you get you get locked into the trappings of this place, you have to come back because you can't do that. Yeah. But I think the thing that they do that, oh, okay, but come back, coming back to the mount on the mountain thing, 
I realized I was like, well, actually, because we think monks have it so hard. No, they have it really easy. It's so easy to be spiritually neutral and to, to, to not have any attachments when you remove yourself from all temptation. Hello. When you put yourself on the mountain with a bunch of other people wearing robes and no, have, have no hair and eating the same things without flavor. Yes. It's a lot harder to live in this world. Like you said, be in this world, literally be it, like in the trenches yes. and not identify with it and exactly. not become of it. So we're, and I'm not saying, go ahead. I was just like, we are the new wave of monks. Yeah. <laughs> We're just like IG, I still like pretty things, mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, and like how fun. Like, this is why I love teaching manifestation because it's actually a cheat code to like actual spiritual liberation. Because once you real once you manifest enough material things and you realize manifestation is real and you can do it, yes, you're like, oh, it's not as fun. Yeah. And after a certain number of times, you're like, all right, like, or after a certain number of times of the pain, pleasure, the, the pain, uh, the plain pain contraction, pleasure, reach yes. and grab and kind of like zap. It's so exhausting yeah, on the man. system. And this is also what the, the anxious attack, a lot of these attachments, like all we're trying to describe is actually attachment to anything or everything, right? Yes. These attachment styles. And it's fucking exhausting to constantly be in that like, ooh, and then grabbing. So it's like your physical, it's actually so interesting because our bodies tell us that's not what you're made for. Yes. How physically exhausting it is. Yes. Apparently we're actually not made to do it. And yet we think it's the most human. Oh, we're just humans. We're just being human. Yo, this is a huge piece for me. And then I'm going to give it back to you because I know you want to talk about that biblical thing I brought in but like the whole uh tree of knowledge versus the tree of life metaphor comes to me too mm. where it's like are we you know worshiping ideas or are we like living life are we mm. constantly trying to avoid experience and call in specific experiences mm-hmm. Or are we walking and talking with life itself, God, energy, yep. source? Yeah. That to me is what our, like, that's the real choice here. And what I guess I want to do is like to, to hold the branch of the tree of life and, and hold my hand out to the folks who are still like, the tree of knowledge and what we already know and what we're already doing. Just so I'm like, just touch my hand and just feel this. And then if you want to walk over here because it's lit, our bodies were made mm. to be a natural like channel of energy itself, not to only gravitate towards sort some sort of energy flows and to push away other ones. Yeah. I mean, and God bless your work of like holding out your hand and being, being a bridge to that kind of, that kind of experience. It's not fucking easy. Everything that we're talking about, we learned from like being burned so many times from doing all of this. Like we're human beings. Yes. Uh, God was like, you have to like do it first. It's so annoying. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, oh, what I wanted to say was like, my most recent experience of, uh, of what we're talking about, the neutral consciousness was like, I was in bed with, uh, someone I am seeing 
I'm in a relationship with. And, um, we had just had like our first like intimate experience Mm -hmm. and it was afterwards. And we were like in this embrace and like, it was kind of a culmination of like this whole energy that had been building between us for this, for this like courting period and all this stuff. And it was like, in that moment, this is like what it's like being me. Uh, I could like, I, the, the apple interesting metaphor was sitting right there to just like fully let my body like get like, you know, like super lit by this experience of laying next to this person. What did I actually do? I popped out, was neutral and was like, started laughing. He's like, what are you laughing about? I'm like, I can't even, I can't tell you. I don't know how to describe it to you. I don't think you'd understand if I I told you, but I will keep laughing. Um, so there's two things here. One is like, that's what it, that it was super painful on a certain level because it, that's where like you, you, it's almost pulling your matrix thing out of your head in that moment. Right. Because you're like, well, fuck, if this is the ultimate and I, and I, and I realize in this moment to pop out and be neutral, like, then what the fuck is the point of being here? Right? You can get very nihilistic or you can get very, like, it can just be like, oh my God, your human starts to be like, you know, it starts to yes. be fucking glitch. Yes. But then the other piece that I want to talk about is like the laughter is the trickster is the, it's like everything that we've been talking about really culminates in that moment because there's nothing else that I could do in that moment, but laugh at the absurdity of getting exactly what I wanted. And it, it, and, and the fulfillment of that desire being a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes. Fuck dude. (laughs) I literally like you put words to the thread I have been on lately where it's just Mm. like, Oh my God. You know, like I have witnessed over this past year, everything that I consciously have selected has arrived. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Someone said, I think this is just an old popular phrase, but like, familiarity breeds contempt Mm. and I felt myself getting so familiar with my manifestation powers that I was contemptuous of them Mm. like it's it's become like old hat almost and that 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 was the absurdity moment for me and I'm just like what the fuck, bitch? Like your entire life, you've been scraping yep. and clawing and trying yep. to find that like middle ground where you can bring things into your existence without all this fucking toil and effort. Mm-hmm. And now that you're here, you're just like, bored, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. And everyone listening, like you get to, you probably have a couple more years of like getting like material stuff. Like this is the thing is like, uh, like the fact that this is going to be heard by the collective is like really exciting to me because I think like, you know, it means that consciousness is ready to at least hear it. And that also means that it's on the way for everyone else. But I'm also like, but this is what it's like is like, then we have to figure out, okay, how do we do this? Like, because if both of us are experiencing this thing where it's like, oh shit, like the neutrality is like, it's not boring, but like we have to, f- now we're, now we're fine tuning yes. the neutrality key to mm-hmm. what can be like workable while still being not monkey, you know? Yes. It's like, 
it's um, learning to walk between worlds. You know, yeah. it's, 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 exactly. a, it's like a, it's a tightrope thing. And if you think about somebody like you've probably seen those videos, right. Where they're, they put the slack line over like the grand Canyon or whatever. And just mm. watching those videos makes my pussy drop. I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> like, what? but if you think about that, that person cannot afford to be invigorated by the experience. They have to remain in total neutrality as if that slack line was two feet off the ground at their normal tree spot. Like they must remain in that because the bridge they're here to gap, the divide they're meant to cross requires that kind of, uh, I'll just say centeredness. Yeah. Remaining like, super connected to the heart, to the spine, like yeah, not allowing the fluctuation to, yes. to determine the focus and the choosing and the putting the one foot in front mm-hmm. of the other and the breath pattern and all of that. Cause these are all these factors that if things get a little, you know, if they get a little to one side or the other, whether it's Oh, the fear or, oh, this is exhilarating. You are just one inch closer to falling off your slack line. Weird metaphor, but I feel like it like No, it's, no, it's, it's really powerful. I think, I think it gives people, I think it gives people an embodied experience to, to relate to what we're saying. Mm-hmm. But also I want to, I was thinking about how, when you said aligned and centered, I think even those terms have become charged with a little bit of like bliss or, or relief. Right. Mm. It's like, even those terms, I feel like in, in the collective have become a little, like they're still a little off of neutral. They're still a little bit on the side of bliss or pleasure. There's something. I feel exactly what you're saying, because I think that what has happened over the, at least the past two years from what I've witnessed is that aligned has become some, another benchmark to reach. Mm -hmm. Aligned is you being good. Aligned is you Mm -hmm. moving correctly. Aligned is you doing it right. Aligned will be rewarding. Exactly. Your alignment is the, the, the key that unlocks everything. So thank you so much for bringing that awareness to that because I do feel that when I feel aligned and centered, just to keep like to reframe what I said, what I really meant is me being equal. Like there's the positive charge and the negative charge and they neutral each other out. Yeah. So here I am. And I, I just, it's, I am for me, it's an, I am moment or an, I am experience. Mm Hmm. And, and the way that we've conflated I am with identity, it's such a good psyop. I hate that word. It's like a conspiracy, like conspiracy theory word, but it is, it's a fucking psyop. I get it. Uh, you know, like to, to think that I am is an identity thing. Yeah. Like identities were created constructs to box you into things so they could sell shit to you. Exactly. It's that for me. Sorry. Yeah. Like they just want to sell you shit. So they want you to have 15 different identities so they can, so they can pick them on Instagram so they can sell them to you. Literally. They can sell shit to you. Have you seen how many more, I don't know if it's just me because I've, I don't know, 
Mad Men is one of my favorite shows because it's like a behind the curtains in how we're all being pigeonholed and specifically sold to. And not only that, we're being grouped by how we're perceived. And then uh, memes are being sent out into us that then spiral out into all these weird ideas about what we need and like what I should move towards and all this shit. Yeah. Well, I was going with that. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So I just got back from like a four, I spent four days in the vortex of uh, Jessa Reed, uh, Mark Pontius, uh, James McRae from Words of Vibrations, and Delphina. And uh, the, what is that? Five or six of us. Honestly, it felt like a six person was there, but we couldn't, we didn't know who it was, but <laughs> they weren't physically there. Uh, so the five of us, like, and then a couple people came in and out. Um, I would think that I would leave, like with the amount that we talked about and the amount that we connected and the amount, like how incredible it really was. I can't use words like incredible, exhilarate, like, because actually the way that I left was a charged neutral. Like my battery had got had gotten back to 100%, but I felt fucking neutral. And so I did this thing on the plane because I was like, I don't want to lose this feeling. It feels like anything could happen to me right now and I would be fine. And I wouldn't get ecstatic about it and I wouldn't be sad. Like I, I don't, like the emotional scale feels like it could flow right through me. Yeah. I would be okay. Not, let's also say that like I accidentally took mushrooms before going on the plane. But um <laughs> but this is how I still like because I did this thing on the plane. Oh no, okay. This I was realizing this on the plane that I accidentally didn't accidentally take mushrooms because I had two flights. Okay. So the first flight I was feeling this neutral. I was like, damn, like I don't even know how to describe this because when people ask me like how was it? Like I want to say all these like really ecstatic words like amazing, perfect, but but really like it wasn't this up here experience. It yeah. was very like, it just was like clicked, mm. neutral. Mm. I can't even use the word perfect because of how charged it is. Like yes. how charged our languages. Yes. Even our language will have to change when we go into this, when we go to this new frontier of, yes. of neutral. Like it, it neutral needs to like whoever the word, the word people are that are in our, in our group pod of these yes. like, spiritual seekers please start creating new language because like we need it i can't describe how it was to be with this group of people uh because or like you know even in some ways like this conversation because all of them are on this scale of like uh, like here or there up or down happy or you know this whole thing and it's like no and i hit that actually I, i've hit that point once before in my life where i was like I like to call it ecstatic neutral, but it's like, that's too high, you know, uh, yeah. like ecstatic neutral nihilist. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I hit it in February of 2021. Mm. I remember. Cause I was in New York. I was also, I was dating someone at the different person. I was dating someone at the time. Uh, I was working a lot with P like we were doing our lives at that time. And I also actually, that's like one of, uh, where I hit a a huge financial peak as well. Um, and so that, that's the other time, that was the first time I ever felt, I was like, Whoa, what is this? And P's like, yeah, it's neutral. Isn't it crazy? It's great. Um, and, and so, yeah, that was the first time I had felt it. And then I'm, you know, 
it's swinging. It's like actually like the charge is a little bit higher, which probably means that more people are on the wave and like charging mm-hmm. it with their own yeah. energy. But when, when was the first time that you felt that, when was the first time that you had that experience of like either, I guess, let's say something really exciting or something that should have taken you up. But like, you were like, wait, I I'm like here at this, like aligned base neutral instead. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I have, like, I have to say this time because this was, it was the first time. I don't know why there's some part of me that's like, no, there's gotta be a more like down to earth experience to share. Mm. <laughs> but it was, I had just taken DMT for the first time, like the week prior. Okay. And I had been like a psychonaut, like very much actively consciously exploring these realms, working with mushrooms Mm. a lot. Okay. And DMT felt first of all, like kind of terrifying to me Mm. and like just a huge, it felt like a huge risk. And, um, I remember it coming into my life, just a completely synchronistic event. And I remember just this dread building up, this dread building up. And for the first time in my life, I fully surrendered. I fully surrendered to the experience. Mm. So I had that experience and it was wild, but like I smoked DMT. I didn't drink it. So if anybody has both of those experiences, you'll know that like when you drink it, there's more time and there's more space and you bring, you can actually bring some stuff back in that experience. It was very, very much not that I could grab pieces, but not like, I don't know, like a whole story. But the next week, uh, I took like 0.5 grams of mushrooms, which I'm used to taking like big doses at that time. So I was like, Mm. Oh, it'll just be like smoking weed. Like it'll be so chill. Um, that was my first, uh, blast into again, to use a Jesus term, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm. And it was not bliss. It was not anything it it was nothing and a million percent okay and for like six hours I had no thoughts and I just felt the most true like equal even balanced whatever again all these words have you know connotations yeah yes but it was just like like a pole was going up through my head and directly through my heart and I was fully held I was stabilized for the very first time in my life and you know some people have these you know, unexplainable, ineffable experiences. And then they become the preacher, right? And they cannot shut up about it. (laughs) That was, that was my experience. And I was like, I have no words for this other than later I came to, okay, that the peace that surpasses all understanding. That's the only way I know how to describe it. It was just like, like, content isn't even accurate because like there was nothing 
there was no other option. Mm-hmm. It was, it, again, that's I, a good way to describe it is like, there's no other option. And maybe we can't find words for it because we're also moving towards telepathy. I mean, we're going to call it Neuralink. Like we're going to, we're going to pretend like it's a technology, but really it's something we can already do and are already doing, which is like transmit feelings and transmit experiences. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why we don't have language for it, but it is quite annoying while we're still the transitions are really clunky, right? Like transition into manifestation into like pleasure world was really clunky. Um, maybe it was more less clunky because it was like much more human. Yeah. This next one is like, it's not not human, but it's a different, like where I feel it is almost like, it's like the, the sound mm, and it's through my, the middle of my stomach. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's not, it's not like a rod, like iron. It's like, it's light or not. It's like a radio wave. Yes. Like the vibration of the sound, which I actually think might be the solfeggio frequency. If I'm like being really honest with you, it might be that. I agree. Frequency where it just feels like I'm not necessarily in my quote unquote heart. I'm not necessarily in my, any, in my chakras. I'm not, it's beyond that. It is it's this like it's this baseline i'm gonna yeah i love the like no other option no other option it was which means everything is on the table yes it was like oh my god it was it felt like the embodiment of ohm it felt Mm. like i i was that sound i was the sound of creation I remember in the Bible, the first word is like, in the beginning, there was a sound or there was a word. Yes. The logos, that whole idea to me, it's so mercurial too, you know, mm. like the transmission from yes. source, Yes, this sound, this, this wave and all potentialities are, uh, enfolded in, yeah the sound wave yeah well, which might also be why there's this huge wave of light language too like i've been getting messages that i'm supposed to share in my voice which is like so irritating to me to be really honest with you because i have so much conditioning about what music is and i have so much like you know i have so much ego about my taste and my so like being someone who creates it and like then people can put, pro- project that on me like makes yeah. me feel insane i get but, it like tell me why i like for the first time told people like that I didn't you know told people no not in general told people I've told people before but like a group of people about the singing thing and then the next day someone messages me on Instagram and goes last night I had a dream that you started an Instagram account just for singing I'm like Jesus Christ so um yeah there is something about returning like I mean light language has really primed a lot of people to Cause I, I really, for a while, like was like, okay, like in terms of light language for a while, I was just like making fun of it in my own mind. Like, okay, like this is just like spiritual people gone wild. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I get it. But like, also can't you just like do like, why do I need you to transmit like this? Can I do it through something else? Like what? And now I'm realizing like, oh, they're in a wave of like, cause every, everybody's there d- doing their own Thing, like everybody has a job right yes, and yes. It's like now I'm realizing like oh their job was to prepare people to like accept language that isn't words yes and sound that isn't words as something that's like a valuable and and um and like trans 
like uh, a valuable transmission. Yes. Right. Yes. A hundred percent. Even if it's just that, like, that's great for where we're going. Like we totally needed that. And this is what I love about like being super deep into Tantra and thinking that everything is perfect is like, when you uh, look at that shit, you're like, damn, everything really is perfect. Like everyone really is doing their fucking job <gasps> and is like on their path. And like every, even all the stupid, sh- what we think is stupid, everything that we think is like silly or weird. It's like, it's either like, if it is actually any of those things, it will fall away very quickly. Yes. Because if we're ready for it, it will come. That, that part, that means a lot to me, you know, especially as one who I think part of my gift is like, okay, from this vantage point, how do we look at a, at the past in a way that like blows out our perception of our power in the moment? Like, how do we tell new stories about our past mm-hmm. and exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying for me has been the like the the weaving of that together where it's like actually you know that time you were like addicted to stealing things like that has actually unlocked like this depth of feeling how everything is yours to experience and not yours to possess I could have I feel my ego could have never shattered its belief about the world in that way until I fully flushed that experience out because that was, that was a time in my life. I was super young. I was very influenced by somebody who was incorrect for me. Right. Mm. And so there was so many places where I was like, Oh, I gave up my power in that experience. And I like did this Mm. like, morally wrong thing like my character would have never let me do that if whatever you know all these weird stories but now I see it as like like to recognize like how unified my essence is with criminality Mm-hmm. and how that act- and the laugh the laugh that was so cute the laugh that came out <laughs> so elven you know I'm like on a level I definitely had fantasies of like oh yeah I'm Bonnie and Clyde 2000 mm. bitch you know like it was so much fun to have that experience it really was super fun I still tell people to this day there is no high like a successful lift high like they're just like, <laughs> like I still have not touched one that was like that but mm-hmm. to have that be a part of my story as I'm here to, you know, focus my life fully on being able to allow in and welcome in and select experience without being the owner, the hoarder, the the possessor of that thing. Like that to me, I'm like, what a fucking brilliant story arc. This is what good novels are made of, you know? And getting to that place of being able to look at the past and cast the spell of perfection over it, Mm. even though I was in such resistance and such dismissal of myself and shame for so many years, to me, that is like, that's grace incarnate. That is the beauty of love. My fucking God, you know? Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, it's so powerful. That's really powerful. Wow. <laughs> How has it been an hour and a half? Uh, really? Yeah. I, yeah. I could just fall into a vortex with you forever. Julie. I know. I'm like, I know. And I want to talk to you about a million more things, but I do. I have to go get my dog. That's It's perfect. <laughs> Would you like to like, let's, let's do this right regularly. Yeah. Let's definitely do it again. Yeah. Let's talk about what that would look like for sure. I love that. Um, and stay in touch, stay in touch about that. Yeah. Because yeah, we could go on forever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you end your podcast. <laughs> don't worry about it. Well, this, honestly, this has been one of my big breakthroughs with podcast energy because like there's the part of me that very much wants it to be like a really cool listening experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another part of me that's like, bitch, this is real conversations with mm. real humans who are in the trenches. Let's let them see the whole thing. I do a cutie little intro for everybody. But other than that, we're going to just let this be as it is. So no conclusion energy needed. We'll be a continuum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And I'm just so, I'm so happy. Like, the fact it, it's like it also speaks to perfection of course but like the fact that this is the conversation that came out of us when we were like going to talk about quote-unquote money I mean we did we talked we did we literally unlocked new consciousness levels of money yeah but, but like we just did so many other things and the fact that it's it was recorded means that the the collective is ready to he at least hear it <sighs> You know what I mean? And, yes. and hearing it the first time, you know, they say like, you know, have to hear something seven times before it's like, but the fact that they're on at least level one of this particular conversation, which is like not easy for people who are, you know, if you're still stuck in manifestation loops or if you're still stuck in like, you know, a lot of the loops that we talked about, like, it's not easy to hear this stuff. I think yeah. it, can, it can feel really like what, or it can feel like shit, I'm going to get out of this and it's just going to go to neutral or something. <laughs> yeah. But it's so exciting to me that, you know, that's where we're at, that like, oh, God said it's going to be recorded and, and given to the people like, damn, that's dope. That's how I feel a hundred million percent. Like it's just the emergence thing. I love how you, I just want to say this last thing, how you, yeah, yeah, yeah. with, you know, the container of people that you were with recently, how there was like the other like, this has been something that I've been exploring a lot, kind of that where two or more are gathered, there I will be also, right? Like this presence of something that transcends us so that newness, novelty can actually emerge. Because you and I both, I feel it, you feel it. Stuff that we didn't know before has emerged in this experience. Yeah. Like, what? Knowledge, it's like, linear. yeah, knowledge did not move linearly through either of us today no. yeah it didn't go it didn't go from I read a book and then I tried it out and then I synthesized it it's like it came in all at once everything all at once um Love it. yeah and I'm just I'm so happy that you invited me I'm so glad that you exist I'm like so witnessing happy. the vessel that you are for the amount of energy you're pulling through dude like <laughs> wow so just witnessing and holding that and reflecting that back to you too Thank you so much, Jalisa. That like really touches me and I feel so seen and like met in this moment and in being with you. And that's why I want to be with you more. Like I definitely yeah. want to keep exploring with you because 
yeah, magic happens. <laughs> yeah, this I'm like I blocked out. Like I'm like I I'm excited to listen to this back because I'm like <laughs> this <is> your channel. <laughs> fuck did I say that's literally that's how all my experiences of channeling I'm like wait what came through and then I'm like that's fire Take afterwards. <laughs> yeah yeah it'll be yeah I'm, I'm stoked to listen to this back thank you so much for for having me yeah thank you so much for your time I will keep in touch we'll do this again and I yeah. love you so fucking much thank yeah, you I love again. You so much. Oh, thank you <laughs> all right yeah.